downtown Boston, it's Celtics Express, where we bring you the latest in the quest for Banner 18. It's the Prince of the Parquet, the Captain of Causeway, the Governor of Green. Oh, wait, really? He quit? Okay, then. Here's your host, Jay Corwin. Welcome into Celtics Express. Thanks for joining the podcast revolution where we hear audio breakdown numbers and talk to those in the know. Speak NBA hot stove all in just about 10 minutes for you. A little long today, probably just so much content. Catch up with us in the mornings for everything you need to be a responsible Celtics fan. Find Celtics Express on Blog Talk Radio at NBA Info Central and OTGBasketball.com. Articles and pods daily to fit your needs. We're on iTunes, of course, and you've heard of that place. And also for the holidays, you can catch us on sale at JCPenney's, or as my Grammy used to say, just pennies. She had a charge card back in the day. We were beanbag chair ball, and Celtics lose a tough one at the Garden. Kelly O makes his triumphant return to Boston. Goes all Game 7 of the Eastern Semis on the Celtics. You recall Lennox swan song in green last spring. He put up 26 points, 14 in the fourth quarter of that game to lead the season. A frenzied Garden to 115-105 win over the Wizards, sending Boston to a gruesome Eastern Conference Finals fate against the Cavaliers. Lennox scored a career-high 32 points for Miami in his return to Boston. Kyrie Irving missed a jumper at the buzzer. Celtics lose 90-89 to the Heat on the parquet last night. I mean, it definitely felt kind of like a, a playoff game, a playoff, a playoff atmosphere for sure. You know, but Boston's, that's the way Boston's crowd and fans are. Um, you know, they're crazy about it. Free clinic, Olenek, 12 of 15 from the field, including six from eight from deep, and was big down the stretch. He got a standing ovation from the Garden fans in the second quarter when he was recognized and received the Heroes Among Us Award for impacting the Boston community. Officials pointing to Olenek and saying he used his position to greatly positively influence the lives of others. All the love they've, they've and support they've given me um, from the organization to the team, to the city, to the fans, uh, it's special to come back here and and play here in front of them is, is something special. My thing with KO always was I never thought he committed to the gym. If he did, it was mostly to bulk up. You could see last night he's certainly more toned since moving to South Beach. I think that accents his finesse game well. He's built like a physical presence, but really is a shooter and slasher with slower feet, not much athleticism. I think the more he improves there, the better he'll get. So kudos to Heat head trainer Jay Sable and his staff and their work on Olenek over the past several months. Miami improves to 16-15. and 15. The Celtics now drop to 26-28, and 28, just 500 over the last eight games. It would be worse without Terry Rozier's miracle steal in Indianapolis. Reality may be setting in. This team is far from a true contender, relying on rookies and second-year players, as well as career role guys to step up on a nightly basis. More like what we thought we would get when Gordon Hayward went down on the first night of the season. We'll see if this is just the speed bump and the grind of the season, or if there are major roadblocks for this team as we head into the new year. Defensive ratings as well as rebounding difference have dramatically dropped for the Celtics through this month at the top of both, now middle of the pack on defense, the rebounding from near the top to 25th in December alone. The bench continues to be hit or miss. Back to last night, an ugly affair most of the way with the Celtics' offensive struggles continuing. The refs were letting the teams play early. That changed in the second half as those inconsistent zebras we've seen plaguing the NBA continued to do their thing. The Celtics shot well under 40% from the floor in the first half, still up 8 at halftime. The teams combined to miss 24 shots in that ugly second quarter. Green teamers with a scare early. Jason Tatum dislocating his right pinky when it was stepped on. When he dove for a loose ball in the opening minutes, he went straight to the locker room and came out near the end of the first quarter. The Rook spoke after the game. 
I popped it back on the court when I fell down. I looked at it, popped it back in place, then came back, checked it, make sure I didn't break it, anything like that. How does it feel now? I mean, it's just like throbbing. It's cool. Tatum so smooth on the court and off. It's just throbbing. It's cool. Tatum finished with 11-7 and 7 going 0-2 from deep, including a big trade late that clanged out. We move on to the third quarter when the Heat went on a 15-2 run midway through that third period on the heels of a 2-3 zone they implemented against the Celtics offense, which certainly caused them to have some major problems. They scored just two points, one of seven shooting throughout a five-minute stretch. They basically passed it around the perimeter, waited for Marcus Smart to shoot. He did hit some shots from behind the arc to keep the Celtics in it and force the Heat to come back to -to man-to-man. Heads up, Smart much maligned for his shooting, especially from deep north of 40% in the month of December from three-point land. Midway through the fourth quarter, the Celtics had only sunk five field goals through that entire second half. With the Celtics trailing Boston's big man Al Horford, who went two for ten from the floor, just six points and eight rebounds, fouled out with just over eight minutes to play on a very questionable call. I don't remember the last time I fouled out, to be honest. Um, and, and never that early. Um, you know, I, was, uh, I was very surprised. The C's clearly missed Al in the waning minutes. Throughout the fourth quarter, Kelly Olenek continued to drain big shots. The Celtics did what they do, working hard to get that score close in the fourth quarter. With the Celtics down just a point on the final possession, Kyrie Irving missed an off-balance elbow jumper at the buzzer that would have won the game. We hear the call from NBC Sports Boston. Smart, looking, looking, into Kyrie. Four on the clock, three on the clock. Kyrie for the game. Kyrie spoke about settling for that jumper on the final play. I feel like it was a pretty good look, but yeah, good. could have got my legs underneath me a little bit more. Uh, a little bit more on the basketball. And, uh, just shooting out of my fade. I kind of shot a little bit too left. Irving with 33 points in defeat. Marcus Smart after the game speaking on the Celtics problem, saying it's simple. It's effort. Adding, if this isn't a wake-up call for us, I don't know what is. Smart finished with 15 points, 5 of 9 from deep. Has always had some huge plays late in the game to keep the green alive. Second-year player Jalen Brown with 16 points, but he was pulled from the game by head coach Brad Stevens after a blown defensive assignment in the second half. After the game, he said, quote, it was just a miscommunication. I was really passionate about it, more mad at myself than anything. Daniel Tice played in the game. He was wearing a mask after surgery for a broken nose on Tuesday. As we highlight some players who left Boston on this edition of Celtics Express, might as well mention Isaiah Thomas, who made his feelings on the blockbuster summer trade known in a video made by the Players' Tribune that was released yesterday. You recall Thomas had expressed being hurt by the move in a piece written shortly after the trade, but now he's talking. Ladies and gentlemen, Danny Ainge. Hello, everybody. This has obviously been a uh, roller coaster of a day um, for us. When Danny called me, um, I missed his call. When I got back to Seattle, I missed his call. He texted me, IT, give me a call back. Called him back, and then that's when he, like, he broke it to me. He's like, well, IT, I just traded you. And saying what I've done for the city and how what I meant to him and all that bullshit. Yeah, he's like that, but I'm not, I mean, I'm not tripping. It's just crazy that they would do that. Like, I'm not mad. Like, nigga, I'd be mad if I went to a weak-ass team. It's like, we're going to win the finals anyway. Like, that's what's crazy, but it's just like, damn, after all I do for it, the city going to be mad as fuck. Polls were certainly split after that trade that has Kyrie Irving wearing green this season. From the past to the future and the Celtics Express customer service line, Teddy, hit him up.
Got NBA on the brain? Call the sex line. Whoa there. That's Celtics Express Customer Service. Give us your take at 617-807-0013 to be heard on the show. Give us a call on the Celtics Express customer service line anytime we will get you on the show. Right now, we welcome an NBA writer in front of the show, Matt Chin, to discuss the Celtics landscape. Mr. Chin, what stuck out to you in last night's game? I thought they got some pretty decent looks on the offensive end. They just weren't sinking. Uh, there wasn't really any extraneous statistics where the Celtics really lost it. They were fine in the other kind of secondary areas. They were only a minus four in rebounding, plus five in turnovers, a plus two in free throw margin. But without Hassan Whiteside and Justice Winslow, Goran Dragas, James Johnson, this is just another example of the Celtics really playing down to their competition, which uh, has kind of... Uh, overarched the entire season um they haven't really had too many blowouts uh, they play very close to a lot of their competition i think last night was a good example they really struggled with eric Spolscher's two three zone in the third quarter uh trying to break it into the teeth of the defense by driving into it rather than passing through it uh celtics 4 17 from the field in the third quarter uh, so i thought that was pretty disappointing and then overall they're just hitting a lull in the season i think the rookies the sophomores some of the younger guys are starting to play teams for the second and third time around uh, and it's not an easy adjustment for younger players so um you know, those are some of the big picture takeaways. Uh, what I did think was encouraging was Jalen Brown's ability to kind of leak out behind the defense and get ahead of the retreating defense for a couple easy transition fast break points. He, he's no half-court assassin, so the Celtics really need him to be a 15-point-per-game scorer. And if he's going to do that, he'll have to use his athleticism to get some easy ones. I was impressed by that last night. But overall, uh, a poor performance, but I, I wouldn't chalk it up to anything major that's uh, concerning. Kind of felt like a 10-12 point lead there in that third quarter. Felt like when you look at a football game, like a three touchdown lead. It felt really like a lot given the way the Celtics team was playing and that uh, zone definitely threw them for a loop. So down to the final possession there. Uh, what was it? Six seconds or so left on the clock. Kyrie Irving's got the ball. Do you like the last shot? I did not mind the last shot. I think that's kind of where Irving has made his bread and butter the entire season. And the Celtics were down by 11 points with under three minutes, and Kyrie scored nine of the last 13 points. And uh, I get what you're saying. Kind of the ISO ball is kind of something that they've tried to gravitate away from. Um, and until 10 days ago, they were a top three team in most passes per game. They're down to 13th now, but I think some of the the more encouraging stats is their their eighth in assist percentage, still seventh and second assists, those all-important hockey assists, which really reflect well on their ball movement. Um, so, yes, in, in crunch time, they really depend on a lot on Kyrie Irving for his isolation skills, but that's who Irving really is. And I think Stevens has done a good job of balancing both kind of having Irving as a facilitator and working within kind of the motion offense and then allowing Kyrie to be Kyrie in certain spurts as well. But this is where they really miss... Uh, Marcus Morris as well uh, in terms of you know having players behind Irving and Horford who can create their own shots. I think there are lulls really in the third quarters and the second quarters uh, where you see a lot of bench players and uh, they've used Larkin, they've used Smart and Spurts, Tatum also, uh, but they really need another dynamic playmaker behind Irving and Horford. And that, that would be Gordon Hayward, so it's not a massive concern, but I think in the short term you're really seeing some of their offensive woes come back to bite them. You know, I don't blame 
blame anyone, Matt, but I do think there has been a lack of ball movement, and I think you put it pretty well that uh, the team just trying to find themselves there. But really, it feels like we've regressed a lot to last season when it was Isaiah Thomas at the end of the game dribbling to the basket. I, for one, would have liked to see Kyrie get to the basket. I think at that point in the game, they'll call everything, and he seems to get to the basket at will. There wasn't a ton of space and a pretty good look off balance, but he missed it. Uh, I'm not going to question him a lot, but yeah, I I always like to see a guy get to the basket at the end of the game. Moving on to tonight, right back at it, a tough uh, trip. Celtics took off last night right after the game, headed down 95 to New York. And what do you think the story is tonight at the world's most famous arena, Matt? Yeah, the Knicks are a team that cannot be overlooked. Uh, They've played a lot of their games at home this year, but they've been really productive uh, in front of the MSG crowd. They're 14-5 and five at home. They've only played 11 away games, and MSG is always a tough environment to play in the Knicks. 10th uh, in net rating over the past five games, so they've been kind of one of the more surprising teams in, in terms of a positive way. Michael Beasley really coming on hard for them, um, and then matching up with Chris Downs Porzingis is obviously something that's um, you know a concern anytime that you're playing the Knicks, but with the Celtics, kind of more undersized lineup. They don't know how they're... They did a good job earlier in the season mid-win streak of kind of matching Porzingis' length and getting into his airspace, uh, and I'm curious to see if they'll do the same, or employ the same strategy tonight. Yeah, so Michael Beasley, who was Marcus Smart before Marcus Smart, doing a big job for the Knicks in New York this season, and Porzingis will be back tonight. The knowledge and the nuggets we always appreciate from Matt Chin. A great follow on Twitter, at Matt Chin NBA. Follow him. He's got great stuff uh, every day that you won't see anywhere else. Matt, as always, we appreciate your time. We will talk to you soon. Thank you, Jay. Seriously, though, Matt comes up with numbers you won't see anywhere else at Matt Chin NBA on Twitter. Follow him. A TNT game tonight. Tip just after 8 Eastern from Madison Square Garden as the Celtics take their two-and-a-half game Eastern Conference lead into Midtown Manhattan to take on the Unicorn and his surging 16-14 and 14 Knicks. Winners of 6 of 8 coming in. Boston won the team's first meeting. 110-89, October 24th in Boston. With that, we wrap another bountiful episode of Celtics Express. Thanks for your time. Find us everywhere. Find podcasts or Delt. Check out our peoples at OTG Basketball for great NBA content around the clock. Contact the show on Twitter at Celtics Express. For our producer, Teddy Too Hot, our guest match in our legions of fans, and Dr. James Naismith, I'm your host, Jay Corwin. We'll see you at the Garden.